Today we are celebrating our resurrected Savior, but we just don't do it on Easter. We do it every day of the week because he's alive in us. And Luke 24 says, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices that they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly, I love a suddenly, don't you? Two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why did you look for the living among the dead? They were looking for the dead. They were looking for the dead body of Jesus. <laughs> but he was alive. He, he is alive. Amen. He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then, then they remembered his words. Oh, that's what Jesus was talking about. <laughs> and the Lord is going to speak some things to us today that's going to awaken our spirits. I want to talk to you a few moments about a rooster, a farmer, and some zombies. <laughs> Let's pray. Thank you, God, for your presence today. Thank you that you're here. Thank you for every person that's here today. You love them so much. There's no condemnation today. Lord, you're, you may be convicting hearts. Lord, you're working today in lives. Thank you for that. Church, would you pray this prayer with me? It is a little bit dangerous, but I'm going to ask you to pray it anyway. Lord, speak to my heart. Change my life. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. If you meant it, he will do it. Would you wave at your neighbors across from you? Just let them know it's good to see them today. You look good. Hope you got your picture did. So what did the farmer say to the rooster when the preacher was coming to visit? I asked Nick that this morning. He said, he said, you better run. <laughs> no. The farmer said this, while that preacher is here, I don't want to hear any of your foul language. Nick said, what's foul? What is that? <laughs> okay. It's hard to find a joke with a rooster and a farmer that you can tell on Sunday mornings or any time. So the night before Jesus was arrested, he told his disciples what was going to happen to him. He, this should not have been a surprise that he would be betrayed, arrested, crucified, but he would raise back to life. But then he told them something else that they had a hard time believing also. Mark 14 says this, and Jesus said to them, you will all fall away. And these are men who have given up everything to follow him. These are men that have spent some time, 24-7 with Jesus. And Jesus says, you all will fall away. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I'm raised up, 
I will go before you to Galilee. I know you're going to fall. I know you're going to fall away. You're going to betray me. But I'm still going to meet with you. Still going to be there for you. Peter said to him, even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, truly, I tell you this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. Peter could not believe that. But he said emphatically, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. Later on that night, Jesus was arrested, just like he said, and all of his disciples deserted him, deserted him just like he said. Peter followed way away from a distance, and he shows up at the courtyard of the temple while Jesus is being falsely accused. A servant girl saw Peter and remarked, hey, this is, he was with Jesus. This is one of his followers. And Peter said, that's, no, I don't know him. Then the servant girl went up to some bystanders. Hey, this is one of Jesus's. Peter again denied. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't, I don't know that man. And then the bystanders began to say, yeah, he, he is one. He's one of the followers of Jesus. He was with Jesus. But he began to invoke a curse on himself. This is Peter. And to swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. And immediately the rooster crowed a second time. And Peter remembered how Jesus has said to him, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. Within just a matter of a few minutes, Peter not only denied him one time, but three times. Isn't it amazing how fickle we can be as people, as Christians even, how wishy-washy we can be? We can be so sure of ourselves of what we're going to do and not going to do, and then when the pressure comes on us, we do the very things that we said we would not do. I remember personally in my life, I was, I was saved as a child, and my whole teenage life, I ran from God, and, and I did some, got into some pretty rough stuff. Because I had some knowledge of God, one thing I said I would never do, never. I will never take the Lord's name in vain. Now, I may do this and that and that. I may be as just as wicked as anybody else, but I won't do that. And I, I can't tell you the day, but I can take you to the place in a room with my cousin, when before I knew it, I took God's name in vain. It came out of my mouth. The only time I've ever taken God's name in vain was that one moment. And for me, it was like cold water splashed in my face. 
I, I see it sort of, I got a feeling it felt the same as Peter. You finally real, you realize where you are. See, the scripture says man looks at the outward. God looks at the heart. Anybody saw Peter, they said, he won't deny Christ. He's going to be with Christ forever. But see, Jesus looked straight to his heart. I didn't read it for time's sake, but before Jesus told Peter this, he told Peter this statement. Peter, Satan wants to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. You see, Jesus knew what was in Peter's heart. He knew he was going to deny him. Peter did not. Jesus did. But yet Jesus still had a plan for his life. There's good news today. You might have denied Jesus. We all have. Before we judge Peter too severely, we have all denied him many times. We deny him when we keep our faith a secret from others. We deny him when we choose to do things that please us more than please him. We deny him in so many ways. And the good news is Jesus knows you're capable. He sees your heart. Your very heart can mislead you but he still has a plan for your life. He still your own because he wants to restore you to himself. And I think today this is what it's about for some of us, that the Lord is going to wake us up. See, the rooster was an alarm to Peter. The, let me finish that scripture. It says, and he broke down and wept. He came to his spiritual reality. So the rooster, if you're taking notes this morning, represents an alarm, a spiritual alarm to show you where you are, the real reality of where you are spiritually. We all need an alarm. An alarm can be a, a conviction from the Lord. It can come through a message. It can come through a close friend. Maybe it's already happened for some of us. Maybe, uh, maybe it's a dream. I've heard of people having dreams and they wake up in a cold sweat because they realize this is God speaking something to me. I want to tell you today an alarm is a wonderful thing. It is God's grace and love shown to you. It is God saying, you're not where, you want, where I want you to be. I want to wake you up so you can see where you are and I'm going to reveal to you where I want you to be. Aren't you so thankful for a God that loves you that much? I've heard over the years in ministry many different kinds of alarms that God gave to people. And it was a wake-up call. It was in their spirit. It was, it was loud to them. And it's like that cold water thrown on your face. And you realize, wait a minute, where I am is away from the Lord. I need to find my way back. And the good news is, God doesn't say, you left, you'll never, no, don't come back here. He's the one that sent the alarm to begin with. Aren't you thankful for God's grace? The scripture says, whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. But God, even in this state, 
sends an alarm to us many times over. The rooster represents that alarm to us. The scripture says that, um, I just missed, I just lost all of my place, but I'll pick up somewhere, hang with me. It represents an alarm. Uh, Luke 23 says this, as the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country and put a cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. So now we're talking about the farmer. We have the rooster with the alarm. Now here's the farmer. The farmer was Simon from Cyrene. Theologians say that he was a farmer in Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover lamb. And if that be the case, he brought his own Passover lamb with him. And now he comes face to face with this man named Jesus. It is believed that he didn't know Christ at that moment, but in a crowd, the soldiers picked him out and made him help Jesus carry his cross. Simon knew, he might not have known who Jesus was, but he knew he was helping this man to a place where he would be crucified, a horrible death. The farmer, the rooster represents an alarm to us, the farmer represents revelation to us. There are some things that we can learn from this farmer that apply to all of us. Let me give them to you. The first revelation is this. Jesus has crossed your path. Now, I chose that very carefully because of where we're at in this Bible belt that we are living in. You passed 15 churches to get to this one. And for us, thankfully, Jesus is everywhere. There are signs of him everywhere. So Jesus has already crossed your path. He has already shown up in your situation. Many times you, don't e you weren't even aware of it. And, but just like Simon, that day he was on his, his own way, an ordinary day for him. He didn't know he would come face to face with the Messiah of the world. The Lamb of God, which the Scripture says will take away the sins of the world, that he would step in, uh, in Jesus' path, but Jesus was already in his path. The same for, for me and you. Jesus has already shown up in your life so many times. Thankfully, today, you're at church. Thankfully, today, you, you have a knowledge of him, but are you really aware of him being in your life? Do you really understand the times that he has been right there with you. Jesus has crossed your path. The scripture says this, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Any of us could have been born in another country where we had never heard the name of Jesus. But Jesus put you right here, this day and time, this life to live, so you can see him and have a revelation of him and, and get to know him. Today, you're confronted with the love of Jesus shown to you by the death of the, on the cross. So the question to us is not, not will we uh, see Jesus, but what are we going to do with Jesus? How are we going to respond? Of course, Simon had to. He had to, under instruction of the Roman guards, he had to pick up the cross. 
He had to embrace the cross, but we have a choice. Will you embrace the cross of Christ? Another revelation is this. Jesus was carrying your cross. Simon may have carried the cross of Christ, but the truth was Simon was carrying his own cross. It was his cross that Jesus was bearing to begin with. And it was my cross and your cross. It was our sin that made him carry that cross. We deserve the cross. The scripture says he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. It was our sins that took him to the cross. It was our sin debt that only he can pay. He, we could not pay it. It had to be a sinless sacrifice. We could not make it. He had to come. He had to live a sinless life and become our sacrifice. The resurrection story is truly a love story. It is God's love toward me and you. And somebody needs a revelation today of how great God's love is for you. That he would show up in your life. That he would reveal himself in your life. And he carried, the revelation is that he already has paid the price for your sins. He carried your cross. He carried my cross. Then the third revelation is this. Jesus still needs your help. Jesus needed Simon's help to carry his cross. And Jesus needs us today to help him to carry his cross. To those who need to know about his salvation, every one of us have family members, every one of us have friends that need to know that Jesus has already paid the price for their sins. And Jesus is asking us to pick up our cross. What's our cross? It's to know God and to make him known to others. And he's asking us to carry our cross to reach the others with his message. 2 Corinthians says this, For we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, a sent one, a one with a mission, as though God were making his appeal through us. Look at, look at the appeal. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. In today's language, Bobby, we would tell our family, I beg you, give your life to Jesus. I beg you, he's already paid the price. Give your heart to him. He's got a wonderful life for you. Jesus still needs our help to carry the cross, the salvation cross. So the rooster is, a, is an alarm. It's a wake-up call. It brings us to our spiritual reality. The farmer represents the revelation that God has already paid for our sins. His love for us is greater than we can imagine. And he has something for us to do. He has a purpose for each and every one of us. So what about the zombies? Where do they come in? Matthew 27 says this, When Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. I just have to give you a little side note. You understand, that's the, that's the curtain that kept the priest outside of the Holy of Holies, only the high priest could go, and they had to ha be sinless to be able to go there. A sacrifice for their sins had to be made before they went there. If they went behind that curtain, they would drop dead, and they would have to be pulled out by a rope. 
Now, this is the most holy place. And when Jesus died, God tore that veil that separated his holy presence from us from top to bottom. God did it himself. And now we can, we can experience the holy presence of God. Better than that, we have his very presence living inside of us. Perfect communion between us and God for those who receive that salvation. And look at what happened. It says the earth shook. If the devil knew all this was going to happen, he would have never crucified Christ, is what the scripture says. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. Did y'all know this was in the Easter story? They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine Grandpa Ned, who had been dead for 50 years, walking into the kitchen saying, hey, you got any more of that Passover lamb left? That these saints of God came back to life and went and saw family members, <laughs> made their appearance in the city. That is the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. The zombies represent resurrection. Jesus, talking about himself, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And this morning, I believe there are some that may need to experience the resurrection power of Jesus. Some may need to receive Christ for the first time. You don't know real living until you receive him into your life. And only then can you understand a life in Christ. Maybe some of us need a resurrection for, in their love for God, that you, you have known Christ, but your love for him has grown cold. It is a dead relationship with him, dead religion. And today, the resurrect, resurrecting power of the Holy Spirit can breathe passion back into your life again. Love for God, a passionate love for him again. And maybe some of us here need a resurrection of our hope, that your hope has died. You've allowed situations, whatever it is, your hope is dead. You have a dead faith. Today, you're in the right place because God's presence is here, and he can breathe hope back in your life again. First Peter says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, I've experienced in my life many times where I've needed the resurrecting power of Jesus to work in my life. Not resurrection as far as salvation. I received that. But I've noticed times in my life where my faith would wane and I would begin to lose that hope. And then the Holy Spirit would breathe hope back to me again. I believe it's going to happen for somebody today. I believe, there, I know there's times in my life where my passion for the Lord, my, I became complacent in my Christianity. And the Holy Spirit, I, didn't even, I wasn't even aware how bad it was at times. And then the Holy Spirit would shake me up with an alarm. I believe an alarm is coming to somebody today. And the alarm is not to leave you where you are. It's to put you where God wants you to be. 
But we got to know where we are first. So the Holy Spirit is so faithful to do that. And I believe there's an alarm for some. It's going to wake you up spiritually, and God is going to bring you to the place where he wants you to be. So there's the, there's the alarm. There's the, uh, the revelation. And then there's the resurrection that I believe some will receive. A few years, well, now almost about 20 years ago, when I was on staff with Pastor Rob, uh, we met a man, had him, he had him come in to speak. His name was Isaiah Reed. I've mentioned him before here. And he was a man that God resurrected from the dead. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, he was a drug dealer that was shot several times and left for dead. And then on, on an autopsy table, they called his mother. They found a, a number on him for his mom, and they called his mom and said, we believe we have your son, Isaiah Reed. He has he have the ID. We just need you to come down as his next of kin and ID him. And the mother said, no, no, that's not my son. And they said, ma'am, no, we really think it is because of some of the things we have. We have your number. We need you to come down and ID what we think is to be your son. She said, that's not my son. And, to, uh, and, and so the lady's arguing back and forth with them. Now, this body, this dead body of Isaiah Reed is on the autopsy table. It has been cut open already. The autopsy has been done. And this mother is saying, that's not my son. And she says something shocking to them. She said, put him on the phone. And, of course, they're explaining as best they can to this lady, this argumentative lady, ma'am, you understand, he's dead, he's on the table. Uh, put him on the phone. So to appease the mother, they put her on speakerphone. And she began to talk to God. She said, God, you promised me my son was going to be a preacher. Now, I can't tell you all of the words because I, I forget, but his mother prayed to God. And that dead body, who had been dead several minutes now, God sent resurrection power into that body, <gasps> and he came back to life. As a matter of fact, during the service, he pulled up his shirt to show his autopsy scar from top to bottom, cut wide open. He has documentation from the hospital and places proving that he came back from the dead. Resurrection power of Jesus Christ. There's nothing your God can't do. But do you understand that that wasn't even enough? He said, I felt like I was invincible then. I, was, I came back from the dead. Now I, I can do anything. And he became more wicked than before. He began to he continued to sell drugs. He became a pimp. He was doing all kinds of things. He said, I was wild because I had conquered death. And he said, one night in a hotel room doing drugs, he had his girls there, prostitutes everywhere, and one of the, one of the girls said that she was going to commit suicide. So they brought her to Isaiah Reed that, hey, she's fixing to commit suicide. And he said, the only thing I knew to do is from for my memory to calm her down from my memory long ago in church, I said this, hey, well, let's just pray. And he said, let's just join hands, and we're just going to pray. And I can't remember some kind of, it was a pitiful little prayer, you know, that he prayed something like, Lord, 
just touch or whatever. And he said the power of God hit that hotel room. And people began weeping and crying out to God. Drugs, addicts, prostitutes began calling on the name of Jesus. And God's power hit. There was a revelation of God's presence. Hear me. When God shows up, you may not understand everything, but you know it's real. And when it's God's power, it gets your attention. It, it, it is a revelation to you. And God showed up in that wicked place to show his love to them. A few minutes later, the police busted in the, the door and arrested everybody. They took Isaiah Reed to jail. Then he went to prison. And in prison, he began to understand the reality of where he really was, the reality of his life. And God began to minister to him. He was actually healed of AIDS in the, in the prison. And God began to disciple him through other people, and he began to grow in the Lord. Okay, so the reason why I'm mentioning Isaiah Reed, his testimony, is that I see all three of these in his life. But the thing that really stands out to me is this. And this is where I really believe the Holy Spirit really wants to work. I believe there may be some here today that you need the resurrecting power of God for those reasons I stated just a moment ago. And the biggest reason is because you're away from God and you want to commit your life to Christ. If you're there, God's presence is here to do that for you. He really is. He loves you so much. You've already heard some words already. There should be nothing keeping you from that today. But even like me, if you had experienced that early on, maybe you need a revelation of how much God loves you, how his love for you is so strong, how he's kept you all along. Maybe you need that kind of revelation, that there's nothing you can do to earn his love. It's been given to you. You just got to receive it. But maybe what, what I think the biggest work the Holy Spirit is going to do here today is not those that just need a resurrection. You, maybe you've already experienced that. And, and not even a revelation. Maybe you, you know about God's love because you've walked with him. I think where the Holy Spirit really wants to work today is the reality, the alarm, where we are today, spiritually speaking with him. Because we can get so comfortable in our knowledge that we forget we don't really know the one that we have the knowledge of. And today, there's... It's wonderful to you. The wake-up call, the alarm, it's wonderful. It is God saying, you don't even understand where you are now. You think you're right here with me, but you don't understand you're way over here. And because I love you so much, I'm not going to let you alone. I'm coming after you. I'm going to waken you up so you can see your reality of where you are. But not to leave you there, I'm going to show you the way back to me so we can be close together. Would you stand, please? I feel the presence of the Lord here. Thank you, Jesus. Now, when I say that, that's not a preacher cliche. I feel the presence of the Lord right now. And he just lets us fill him to let us know, I'm here. I'm fixing to take over. I'm fixing to go ahead and do it. See, a preacher does what he can do. And we stumble on words. You know how I stumble at many times. And, and like, God, here it is. I'm just going to put it out there. And God just sort of let me know, hey, I got it now. I got this now. And he's fixing to work in your life.
all of you. I'm glad you're here today. I'm glad everyone is here. I don't think you're here by accident. I think you're here for a divine moment with the Lord. I think for one of these reasons that I stated already, the Lord has you here. He's loving on you. He is not stiff-arming you. He is bringing you to himself. Aren't you so thankful for him? Will you bow your head just for a moment? Let's deal with the resurrecting power of the Lord. You have sin in your life, and today you say, Lord, I want to commit my life to you. God, would you forgive me for my sins? I want to, I want to come, come to you. I want to be close to you. If that's you, we're going to pray a prayer together. We call it a commitment prayer, and it's for those that are the first time giving their life to Christ. It's for those that you, have just, you know you're away from God and you want to come home today. If you're watching online, please. Don't wait. Pray this prayer. If you feel the Lord, remember, you didn't choose him. He chose you. The scripture says that he knocks on the door of our heart, and if you open up, he'll come in and fellowship with you. Answer the door while he's knocking. Church, let's pray this. I think this is a very holy moment, and I don't know why, but I really feel this. Let's pray this. Don't turn the Lord away. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much that you gave your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Would you forgive me for all my sins? Would you come into my heart? Would you change my life? And I'm going to do my best to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Heads bowed just for a moment. You say, Pastor, that was for me today. I needed that. Would you raise your hand straight up to heaven? Not a shame. Not a shame. That was me. That was me. That was me. And I'm reaching out to the Lord now. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your grace. You can put your hands down. This prayer, I'm going to pray for every one of us, that we have a revelation of God's love for us. You that just prayed that prayer, man, you need to know it. Us that have been serving the Lord, if you've been serving the Lord 50 years, you need to have a fresh revelation of God's love for you, how he's kept you all of your life, how he has a plan for your life. You need a new revelation today of God's purpose for your life. Father, would you do that? Would you give each and every one of us a fresh revelation of your love for us? You've never left us, Lord God. You've always been with us, Lord. And today, you're moving and working in our lives, in our hearts. In Jesus' name. And the last prayer I'm going to pray is this reality prayer. That God, if there's someone today, and you are away from God, you understand you can get so far from him that you don't even realize where you're at. And if you have an alarm in your spirit today, it could be conviction. We call it conviction. It's a, it's a, oh, I need Jesus today. You understand that's God's love for you. It's not to make you feel bad, to push you away. It's to let you know where you are so you can come to him and have a relationship with him. Look at me just for a moment. I had a time in my life that I thought I was okay. I really did, man. I thought I did, I did, I did sin, sinful things. But hey, I'd go to church. I was all right. And I remember this when the Holy Spirit told me one night.
He said, you don't even feel conviction anymore. And I did not even realize that at that point in my life, I had been sinning without being convicted. Now, I went to church. I did that. I had that check. But I had been sinning without being convicted. And it scared me to death. It scared me right. Because I said, God, please forgive me. And that's when I realized that God's conviction is love toward you. But there is a place that we can keep rejecting, that we can keep rejecting, and we can keep rejecting, and we will not feel that anymore. He doesn't stay where he's not welcome. Close your eyes one more time. Lord, would you wake up somebody today? Wake them up today, Lord Jesus. Lord God, it's not to push them away to make them feel bad. It's to pull them to yourself. Wake them up today, Lord. Your presence is here to do that. Your presence is sending an alarm right now. And Lord, it's going to bring them close to you. And I thank you for it. I thank you for it. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name.